systems my way. Let me uh, fix a little something here. For whatever reason, like whenever you um, do an update in OBS Studio, it um, like resets all your settings. And for whatever reason, like my mic is like been really soft when I go back and watch the show. Um, but I'm glad to see you all here. Um, some cool stuff going on. Um, I have, I saw y'all saying the intro slaps. I appreciate that, but I am not uh, an expert editor. Um, I have some things in the works. I've actually, uh, paid someone to make like a custom beat track, um, with a Georgia tech feel, um, coming up. So that'll be fun. I've got uh, a guy that's going to do some editing. So look out for that. Let's see who's in the chat. Scroll back up here. Me and T branch T two seven long time listener. Good dude. Uh, we were talking about some Sopranos guys. This has nothing to do with Georgia tech football, but if you haven't seen the Sopranos, uh, you need to correct that immediately or sooner. So we got T branch in the house. <coughs> um, VicTube Productions, uh, our friendly Georgia fan. VicTube um, does a does a lot of shows actually. What what Vic you do one on like Fridays that you're doing for Celine? I think like Wednesdays and Fridays he does the morning shoe with Lou uh, from time to time. VicTube, uh, good dude as well. Nick Nader in the house says, "Hey, hey, I get is that like the Fonz from Happy Days?" Uh, da, da, da. and we have Daga. Look, hold on now. Dogaronpa, hiya. What's going on, man? Glad to have you in here. Uh, if you're not a member of the channel, you can hit the join button right below uh, the title of the video. I think that comes with some perks. You get some special, um, like icons in the chat. Um, there's like a members only, um, things that I send, um, I'm going to create something where like, uh, people who are members of the show can, uh, pick a video topic, uh, possibly get on the show. So lots of good stuff there. If you want to contribute to the show, uh, there's a PayPal link and a cash app in the description. But tonight, uh, we have, uh, a special guest tonight. We've had him on before. Uh, Jujician is a, um, expert on Georgia Tech basketball which means he knows infinitely more uh, than I do. So with that, I'll bring on Mr. Jujician. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Let me pull your audio up as well. It sounds a little bit soft. Okay. What do you think? Maybe three decibels? Does that sound I, good? I don't know. <laughs> I, I guess uh, I can keep talking. We'll see. Yeah, go ahead. So there's been a ton going on on the Georgia Tech uh, basketball front. Um, I've seen a bunch of transfers and all coming in. Fill us in on what's going on Georgia Tech basketball. Sounds like Stadamauer is making some moves. Uh, he, he, he's made a lot of moves, uh, getting obviously the whole bench for the most part transferred out or graduated with uh, Javon Franklin transferring or not transferring out, uh, graduating and most of the like lower end recruits or the entire bench that didn't really play all transferred out. Uh, we had four guys stay, which was Miles Kelly, uh, Debo Coleman, Lance Terry, and Kyle Sturdivant, who knows Damon Stoudemire very, very closely. 
Uh, and then a lot of transfers. I, we got, I believe, two point guards, one shooting guard, and then the rest were power forwards. So showing that we really need big men, which is something Passner never really had. He would have one big man and keep it uh, pretty much guard-oriented. But it's going to be a very different look. And we have another either three or four star, depending on the publication, that is being tra- that's transferred, not transferring, flipped his, recruit- or his recruitment to Georgia Tech from Rutgers after it hit the guy who recruited him heavily at Rutgers went to Stoudemire's staff. Okay, wow. So what like what is your feel for like what do you, how do you like the moves that he's making or what uh, we've got th- coming in? I think that they overall are very positive and it makes a little bit of buzz uh, around the program. Uh, the guys that he's brought in are were highly either rated recruits or high transfers. My favorite is Amari Abram. He's from Ole Miss. Uh, he is a elite level scorer. Uh, he just he just got picked for the U nineteen FIBA World Cup USA team, uh, and he like he was one of the uh, after the five star transfers. He was one of the highest rated transfers in the portal, um, and he and yeah he's done a really good job in a very short period of time getting coaches, getting players, talents from all over the place. I've talked to uh, Tajon Claude, and it sounds very exciting. Yeah, like I didn't really expect him to come out of the gate like that. And um, I, I don't know if you, you probably did see it. There was an article, it might have been in, in Boston, where um, part of what they attribute the, getting knocked out to and kind of going down 03 was losing Damon Stoudemire and just how great he was with personnel and, and uh, the players. Did you see that? Uh, I didn't see the necessary article, but it was something that popped up in my mind when uh, watching the series in general and doing a little bit more. Their record and defensive ratings were down once Stoudemire left. And I didn't realize that Stoudemire was actually like the favorite to be the interim head coach instead of Missoula. Uh, wow. So getting even that high rated of a profile for a coach when he is possibly next in line, was possibly next in line to be an NBA coach is incredible. Yeah, uh, for sure. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, we need both our football and basketball programs to do well. I know, uh, you know, I put out a video on kind of the financial situation at Tech. So if our basketball team team could be bringing in, you know, a good chunk of change, that would help too. I don't know what they're bringing in right now. I could look back over the reports. I can't think it's much. And I would think that's why the NIL at Tech is so – bad I guess compared to other power five um programs and look I've heard people say well like not all debt is bad debt I mean that is true but my thing is like a public institution I don't think that they can operate I think they have to operate more like a non-profit than they do like a a for-profit entity so I don't know that they could even make investments like I don't think that Georgia Tech could invest in crypto or whatever they would want to do um, but yeah, it, it definitely needs to be better, uh, than it is. Do you, so do you have a sense of like what he likes to do offensively? I know he's very guard heavy, right? Like he likes to do like a lot of three point shooting and, um, things like that. What, what's your feel for that? Uh, I would say that it's a, it's a perimeter oriented game, but how like, he wants to take obviously ideas from Missoula ball or, when Ime Udoka was the coach, just the ideas of that, which is a lot of decision-making and like 
there isn't like pure offensive sets. It's just kind of being smart, making the right decisions, letting the game kind of flow. And with the talent that he's brought in, it was very clear that he wants talented guys with high upside that can make good decisions. And it's right now that from what I'm seeing with all the transfers he's brought in, the big issue was not decisions. It was just efficiency. Uh, with uh, Kawasi Reeves, he was he's a four-star from Florida who just needs efficiency increase. Same with uh, the transfer from UMass, Stafara Gapare. Uh, Jalen Forrest was a guy I think we got later on. He's a guard from Presbyterian. He, he I watched his film, and I loved everything just stood out as a scorer. So it's a lot of scoring at, with ups, high upside on the defensive end of the floor as well. So not as defensive-oriented as Pastor was, but still a high level of defense is wanted. Man, we've got Todd Stansberry in the chat. Todd says, do you think I could sleep on your couch for a couple of <laughs> nights? The last guy said I'm bad luck for his football team and kicked me out. Todd, I believe you're at NC State right now pushing paper somewhere or getting coffee for people. Um, speaking of like the article that I went through, like it was very favorable of Todd, like, oh, well look at how these other programs are doing, uh, like tennis, golf, baseball and stuff. And it's like, well, none of that really matters if your football program is, is not doing well. Cause it funds everything else minus basketball, which is self sustaining, yeah. uh, for most schools and basketball doesn't cost a lot of money. Uh, to run either in the way the football program does, but you you, get, you definitely got to get hit get that right. Um, by the way, uh, Jujitian, um, I've got his channel link in the description of the video. Definitely go uh, sub him up. He's putting a, he's putting out a lot of good stuff, and uh, he's one of us. You know, he's one of the the Georgia Tech faithful. Uh, so definitely uh, show him some love. Do you think that with what we have coming in and the changes that Stoudemire is making, is that how you pronounce his name? By the way, is it Stoudemire? I believe so. I've, I've that's everything I've seen is Damon Stoudemire. Okay, could we compete? in the ACC next year. And what I mean by that, I'm not saying win it. I'm saying, can we, can we at least be competitive with Duke, North Carolina? I think Miami was really good last year. Um, you know, could we make a run in the ACC tournament? Could we make an NIL next year? Uh, or not I, NIL. I, uh, yeah. What's NIT. it called? NIT. Yeah. A uh, hundred, I think we a hundred percent can, especially with the people that we have returning. They were all pretty, besides Kyle until near the end of the season, they were all starters last year. So they have ACC experience, uh, some like Kawasi Reeves and uh, Amari Abram have SEC experience, so they've competed with big programs. Uh, Tyjon Claude is in his final year of eligibility, so he has college experience. Uh, we have a lot of experienced guys who want, and with a lot of turnover in the ACC, there's a lot more opportunities. Miami lost Isaiah Wong, who was, I, I don't know if he was ACC player of the year, but he, he was a very talented player for, for Miami. Uh, Clemson, I mean, it's on the way up. Pitt is on the way up. But Duke and UNC have lost a lot of guys. And UNC, while they're trying to find their identity right now, I think that pretty much the ACC is kind of up for grabs and it isn't just like a two, three-man race as it usually is. Yeah, and, you know, what does a post Shashevsky duke look like? I mean, it's kind of like I was on, um, you know, Ballard Sports Media uh, last night and uh, – there were a bunch of Alabama guys on there. They're like, uh, you know, we think Dabo would come. Because I'm like, you're not getting Kirby Smart. I mean, Kirby's a Georgia guy. He's not leaving Georgia. They're like, but we think we could get Kurt, or uh, now I can't remember his name, Dabo, Dabo Sweeney. 
I'm like, but why would Dabo go to Alabama? I mean, who would want to fill Nick's shoes? Dabo's already at the top of the mountain, greatest coach ever at Clemson. And that's kind of what uh, – well, it's not kind of. That's exactly what it is to come in after Krzyzewski. <laughs> I mean yeah. – but John Cher has done a fantastic job, and he's keeping Kyle Filipowski, who was their most important player last year. And so yeah. they, they they figured it out down the line, and there are a few players going out. There's always going to be, at, especially at Duke. But, they, I mean, they're bringing in good recruiting classes still. I think that I think that Duke is in a better spot than UNC. Yeah. Where did that guy come from that uh, went to Duke as their coach? Uh, he was on Duke's staff, and he played under Coach K when he was at – in college playing so, so he was internally promoted so i know you're a basketball guy so shashevsky played under bobby knight and uh there's not a more entertaining individual in the history <laughs> of the human race than bobby knight and did you see that he fell out with bobby knight like several years ago i mean i've seen that like in general bobby knight in terms of media has fallen out i didn't see that but it doesn't shock me at all yeah, someone, I don't know if it was, I don't think it was Krzyzewski, but said that they were at like some, I don't know, alumni dinner or some, you know, elite dinner. And uh, Krzyzewski went to talk to Knight and Knight wouldn't acknowledge him. And Krzyzewski just turned around and was like, I'll never effing like try and I'll never effing come back again. Like I'm done with this guy. Bobby Knight is an interesting character because like he, his teams were so disciplined. He had this massive graduation rate for his players but he himself had little to no self-discipline. <laughs> like, yeah, especially like the obviously the famous clip of him throwing the chair. But even the reports that came out after, I like the reports that like of the assault of players that yeah. like there was the warning signs way before this. But because he was winning, nobody cared. Nobody paid attention to it. Well, he wouldn't survive today. Like he would never. No, be not at all. To be a coach today, I tell you who would who refused to play for him was Larry Bird. Larry Bird mm-hmm. went to Indiana State instead, and I think you would know that he took him to a Final Four, didn't he, Indiana he, State? He, he did against my, my mom. And he, they actually went to the championship against my mom's favorite college, which is Michigan State. Okay. So, at which at Magic Johnson, that's that game is infamous for Magic Johnson versus Larry Bird. So, yeah, Knight could add Larry, but um, didn't. Uh, but, yeah, no, that's, that's uh, interesting. So – What's your prediction for Tech basketball next year? Where, where where do you think they shake out? It's really tough to say. I mean, this is like trying to do it for football with all the changes that have happened, but just way too early prediction for Tech basketball. Uh, I think we stay like we go above five hundred, which I think only happened in Pastner's tenure twice, which was the NIT appearance and the ACC championship. Around, the, I don't know the exact number on it, but I think we go above five hundred and show the signs of progress that we we want to see, especially that besides that ACC championship year, it was kind of all downhill for Passner. Yeah. Was, you start at the NIT championship appearance and then just kind of fall off. Um, and then, but there were, there were signs of it near the end of the year that the program was building up when he switched to basically only playing five guys. Um, and then two of the guys that would come in and out uh, both transferred out. But I mean, I, I love, I still love Davon Smith who went to Utah and Jalen Moore who went to Oklahoma yeah. I think that's much better for their careers, because especially with the guys that Stoudemire brought in, I don't see a spot for them on the roster. Yeah, and look, I was a big Pastner supporter, because um, I was actually a student uh, his his first year, 
at Tech, and he like if when we made the NIT, he like bought a ticket if you went. So like I brought my dad, and his ticket was paid for, and then he had like donuts out, and he had oh, wow. he had the most home wins of any coach, I think. That I mean year. that sounds about right. It's like he is he. Uh, I mean, he just kept trying to get bring the fans out, and because there was the buzz, and but his best player was like his be- two best players weren't his recruits at all. Uh, Lammer, oh. Lammers, and Okogi. Yeah, uh, Okogi was still uh, Brian Gregory's recruit, and I mean Okogi's actually carving out a really good role for himself now in the NBA, but that they weren't his his players. I mean, and the only other success he had were was Jose Alvarado and Moses Wright, and I mean those were his players, but. Yeah, like I like we've talked about it before. I didn't think he was going to survive the off-court allegations, which I don't want to get into. Oh, I didn't I didn't think he was either. But I will say this, like you have to be very careful who you surround yourself with when you're a public figure like that, especially a coach of an institution. And I that he let someone get that close to the program that wasn't a coach, that didn't have anything to do, wasn't a staff member is not good at all yeah oh 100 percent. but but yeah so i guess um kind of moving on from basketball um what are your thoughts on football because i know like you do a lot of football videos too you know so we got brent key we got we got all of these coaches coming in what's your feel for that uh it's really just i'm excited i didn't get to watch as much as the spring game as i would have liked to uh, with work and going to a family reunion, but I wa- like what I got to watch. I loved the receiving cl- like the receivers that we have. The quarterback battle is going to be a good one. The coat like the schemes look a lot better. Just gets cleaner. Yeah. Uh, it's just there's it's it's good buzz to have around the program, and I, I, <laughs> I think I took the Vegas over three point five wins so quickly, and. My my grandparents yeah. who are not big betters he, he wants to he wants to bet on over three point five wins because it's just well I think it's four and a half that's the half lowest now? I've seen the lowest I've yeah. seen is four and a half that's DraftKings I think yeah because I know like when it initially came out I saw it at three and a half and so probably because people kept taking it they bumped it but yeah so I don't think I've talked about it in a while but I am notorious about I hate gambling uh, I hate it um, and I don't care. Like, I don't I don't know that it should be made illegal or anything. In fact, I think it should be illegal everywhere. If you want to gamble and blow all your money on, on sports betting, that's your business. But I did make a bet, the first one. Uh, a Miami fan, Slim Shady Canes, bet me that two things have to happen. Both Tech has to miss a bowl and Miami has to make a bowl. So there's four outcomes. I win in three of them. And he wins in one of them and loses in three. So I was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll take that." But it was either hundred or one hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> I bet him. But I think Tech's going to a bowl. Like my whole thing is, we won five games last year, which is a miracle. Unless you're really a, a guy who pays attention to Tech or, or girl, like you don't realize that. Like I did this reaction video. These two jabronis. Um, I say that because I think they're in the north, but um, said that Key was a lazy, horrible hire. Um, and it's like, put Nick Saban as our interim, do we win more games than Brent Key did? And I don't know that we do. Maybe, but it's not like a given. 
That's yeah, how biblical I, it was. It's like my my thought on it with that, that at least that take is that he obviously was built up through the program and it's like he had a connection with all the guys and so he got them to work for him. Nick Saban is a fantastic recruiter and like game planning coach, but in terms of getting them hyped up, the hype is just built from they're a good program. And at least that's how I see it with that. So like it, especially with the tech program, I don't think Saban does that. Well, I think that they're similar. I mean, one, Brent yeah. Brent coached under them. I think they're both no-nonsense. Like, um, you're not going to say, say that we're, you know, I'm happy with some moral victory. That's what they asked Brent Key after the Georgia loss, and he's like, no, don't don't ask me that. I'm never going to be happy uh, after a loss. Um, but the point being, like, so we, we hired Brent Key, and when you look at our financial situation being $300 million in debt, now that might not be – that's not necessarily an accurate representation because we're sitting on what I can tell is $175 million that we raised. Uh, so I guess it's more like 125 But I do think he's the best guy for the job, and no one would have taken it for – I mean, $3 million a year or, or less is like absolute bottom-of-the-barrel power five coach pay. Yeah. Uh, group of five coaches, some make more than that. Jamie Chadwell w- would have probably been five million, I would think, or so. That sounds about right. Yeah. So we, but we get the head coach right. I think we've got Jay Bat right. I think he's an excellent AD. We bring in Buster Faulkner. We bring in Josh Crawford as our wide receivers coach. We bring back Marco Coleman. I mean, God, how bad was Jeff Collins that Marco leaves for a year and comes back? I mean, that's yeah. pretty telling. Uh, we bring in Kevin Scherer as the linebackers coach, NFL guy, guy that was a, has a national title ring with Alabama. He was a D.C. at Tennessee. Um, I mean, who else? It's just, uh, oh, Jeep Wade is our offensive line coach. Now, he's the one that I'm probably – it's not that I'm not high on him. I just don't know much about him. He doesn't have a ton of experience in, in Power 5 football that, that, that I can tell. Um, but, okay, also we bring in Haynes King. We have a true – quarterback competition now both i think are good quarterbacks i'm i'm happy with either one of them um we bring in uh two guys that have the potential to replace ac lee and thomas um and braylon oliver and andre white now we have this austin dean that came from records that never started for him so i don't really know uh what to think about that um point is we're a better team this year than we were last year like that that's clear to me. So that you're saying we're gonna we're gonna win the same amount of games or less, I I don't see it. I don't see yeah. it at all. And especially because like a huge thing with Collins was he'd want all these big time games and like these like these competitive games or competitive I use lightly, but <laughs> with all these like tough teams and it was always gonna hurt your record. And this year it's like it's not still like the very easy schedule, but it's a much easier schedule than what we've been through in the past, especially even last year. So yeah. I think that it makes it a little bit easier to make a bowl just with that. I mean, yeah, like uh I mean just looking at our schedule, let's see. Tech football. Sort of tech what, twenty twenty three schedule. By the way, guys, if you don't have three screens, um, you'll never go back. <laughs> no, my, my my dad has five, and that's, I it, I don't know how he does it. A lot of BIOSes for like OSs won't even support like five screens. He's got he's got something special cooking. All right, let's see. 
I see Gib uh, West in the chat, a former Tech player. Nick Saban's first year at Bama was seven and six with all the guy with all of the advantages that Bama enjoys. This is true. Yeah, I mean, so the the tough thing is like we don't really have time to wait with to me with our financial situation and having a revenue issue. Like we've got to spark donations and we've got to spark ticket sales for next year. All right, so we open up with Louisville. Like that's winnable. Let's let's just say we drop it though. We beat South Carolina State. Let's say that we drop Ole Miss. Uh, we'll come back to Wake. So I've got us one win right now. We beat Bowling Green. That's two. We beat Boston College. I think that's three. I think so too. They lost their best receiver in the draft. So Virginia's picked. I think to finish last in the ACC or next to last. We should beat them. That's, that's yeah. four. And I think we can beat Syracuse. Now that's a tough. Yeah, they, they. I think they lost their running back too, which was their whole offense. So, so that's five wins, and then you got to find a way to beat Louisville, Wake, Miami, North Carolina, and we're probably not going to be able to beat Clemson or Georgia. I mean, I, I, I hope we do, but I, I couldn't but say. Yeah, it's it's, it's, a, it's a tall task. That's the. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you got to win one of those games. HBP says need alone. Yeah, man, if you'd like to donate, like, I don't know, $100 million to our athletic uh, department, I would certainly uh, – I, I wouldn't discourage you from it. Mojo says, I think we've got a good shot against Ole Miss. Syracuse, damn sure, better be a win. Well, Syracuse was a tough team last year. You know, HPP will tell you that Syracuse uh, was tough. They gave Clemson everything they wanted. Um, but, yeah, like, it's not um, – inconceivable that we make a bowl i actually think it's very it's very reasonable and i put 150 dollars on it so uh there you go <laughs> a little bailout yeah um let's see we got 30 35 years and if you haven't uh hit the like button there we got 12 likes 36 people in and uh i think with that um judician if you want to stay on we'll open up i'm going to drop the stream yard link uh, yeah. I see Mojo in here um, and some other guys that are regulars of the show. Uh, HBP will probably come into uh, Clemson Man. Uh, but just hit the link. It's easy. Even a Clemson guy like HBP can figure out how to do StreamYard, which means anyone can figure out how to do StreamYard. T-Branch says he'll join in a bit. Now, the last time a guy named T-Branch was in the stream yard uh, i got p-bombed so uh we'll <laughs> we'll see how that goes john burns says remember winning ain't free send a check even if it's only a hundred dollars buy season tickets season tickets are pretty cheap as well so uh no reason not to get them uh because it's going to be a great season uh Jujition, do you have anything coming up you got any videos you're about to drop anything you'd like to promote uh so i want i have a i'm starting playing in a, a men's basketball league so it's gonna be some more irl basketball that'll be coming up once it starts oh, uh nice. i'm gonna start doing a little bit more finals coverage i it got a little hectic with my schedule as after i dropped the interview with uh tyjon claude but so i have stuff I, oh i wanted just, to ask you about that i saw that like how did mm -hmm. you swing that that's a pretty big deal I, I just dm'd him on twitter and said hey do you want to do an interview and he said sure so that's that's all it, just figuring out a time and <coughs> That's legit. I, I I loved his answers, like everything I loved. 
Yeah. All right. Let me switch screens here because you fooled me once. Uh, you, you ain't going to fool me twice. Uh, so let's go to something I call the no trust caller screen. We've got 441 on uh, 441W. How are you, sir? Hey, how's it going, guys? Pretty good, man. How are you? Pretty good. Well, what do you want to talk about, man? What are you excited about as it, as it pertains to Georgia Tech? Um, you know, one thing I've been meaning to ask you, <clears throat> I was curious um, if any of the other guys who have played collegiate football had feedback on or about the, the new wide receivers coach, Crawford. Um, him coming from Western Carolina and that air raid style offense, I'm curious if you guys think he'll have any kind of impact on like route trees or sort of stuff like that where we might run more of a wide open offense on the well, passing side and how much influence a wide receiver coach could even have based on like what Buster Faulkner would want to do. For, so one, I just want to be clear. I never played college athletics. I don't know if you thought I did. Uh, and I apologize if that was. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm saying like you have a, what do you call it? An audience of people like Mojo. and other. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I think Josh Crawford. Yeah. He had, did you, were you the one that sent me like, uh, I think an email about like, um, kind of his air raid, like spacing type of wide receiver play. No, I didn't, but I, okay. love the, I love that sort of stuff. Someone did, yeah. No, I do think he's going to be very effective. One, um, the probably the biggest thing with him is his recruiting advantages. Like, he um, has bumped elbows with some, some bigger programs, and he's very, like, entrenched in the Georgia Tech high school scene. And, yeah, also, like, I think what – what he brings to the table as a wide receivers coach in conjunction with what Buster wants to do could be special. I mean, look at our wide receiver room right now. What we got Janae Abdul from Duquesne. We've got Chase Lane from Texas A&M. Malik Rutherford will probably be wide receiver one, right? Um, I mean, there's so many. That Boyd kid looked real good. Um, Like, I can't – oh, we got Dominique Blaylock from UGA. Like, that that wide receiver room is, is full. Uh, by the way, we did. Yeah, uh, and the, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say that's not even counting the kid from Brookwood who's who's coming in, who's supposed to be as fast or faster than you know those guys from Brookwood. Bryce Dobson. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I would just say join um, Bryce Coon's Discord and uh, check that out. But um, are you in Bryce's Discord? No, I'm not. Yeah, I would definitely. I, I, I'll, I'll probably, um, I'll, I'll put that in the description of the video later. But yeah, no. Suffice to say, like I think, I think Josh Crawford is is one of the coaches that I'm more excited about. Um, like I'm most excited about Buster Faulkner, but I think like Josh Crawford, like for whatever reason, like Georgia Tech has put out some really good wide receivers, like with Calvin, with Damaris Thomas, Darren Waller. Like, even when we were running the triple option, somehow we find a way to have some really – like, people that did top five in their position in the NFL. Yeah. No, we were – I think this came up in the chat a few weeks ago in one of your videos. I think my thing that I had sent was saying that the air raid style offense is, I think – a is the passing equivalent of the triple option um, in terms of like style and 
what do you call it, working on mismatches that would help yeah. Georgia Tech um, create advantages against bigger, more athletic teams. Um, and it's also much friendlier from a recruiting standpoint that we could hang with people. Yeah, I, the comparison that I think is more apt, and that's glad we have Jujitsun on the show, is it's more like how you space an offense and basketball um, with the air raid and just finding – because, like, I mean, like if you're playing zone, like you just – and you have, you know, enough wide receivers, you're just going to find a hole, uh, you know, to get the ball to. But I, I admittedly don't know a ton about th- that air raid style, but I, I think that, like I said, him in conjunction with um, Buster working in a very loaded wide receiver rooms. Yeah, we are going to have some, some, some mismatches, T-Branch. You're absolutely right. Um, like Malik looked real good. Dominique Blaylock's a guy that's been hurt for UGA and just has not been able to um, kind of attain his potential. Oh, I, I forgot about Christian Leary too. Like Christian oh, Leary yeah. uh, is didn't look great in the spring game to me, but um, is a guy that also has a lot of potential. You back four for one. We can't hear you if you're talking. I saw your video flash though. Got Seminole Seth here says go Knowles. Yeah, Florida State's an interesting. Uh, you know, a lot of people are really high on Florida State right now, and 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 have every right to be. Um, but what was that that ESPN article or something that had them preseason number three in their like preseason I think that's rankings? Absurd. <laughs> I don't. I can't find a Florida State fan that agrees with that. You know, let alone anyone else. Well, realistically agrees. Of course, they're going to be like, yeah, we're number three. <laughs> yeah, Tech, tech should be preseason yeah. number one. Exactly. But, no, I, I don't understand the hype either. Like, I understand that uh, Jordan Travis is supposed to be really good. But it's like, even as, like, the Heisman favorite, I think is a little crazy. Yeah, oh, for sure. HPP says Noel's getting set up for disappointment. Well, I'll tell you what, no one knows disappointment more than this panel and the Georgia Tech <laughs> faithful. Uh, so if Florida State, if y'all do have a disappointing season and you need some copium, I'll uh, I'll share some with you. We have plenty to go around. <coughs> HPP, uh, I'll put the StreamYard link. HPP, Mojo, uh, any of you guys, if you want to call in, uh, four for one, something's going on. I don't know if it's with your mic. It won't let me unmute you. If you don't realize it, you are muted. It says I can't unmute you because they choose to mute themselves. All right. It looks like we have uh, T-Branch, 227, longtime listener in the house. How are you, sir? What? What's going I'm on, on man? I'm on the spot here, man. I'm You're just on. in the studio. Can you hear me? I can, yeah. All right, cool, man. Long-time listener, first-time caller. What's going on? Yeah, man, I love, to, I love to have you on. You're always in the chat, always commenting on videos. I appreciate it. Uh, are you excited, man? What do you think? Am I excited? I'm excited about basketball. I'm excited about football. I watched uh, a ton of basketball this year just trying to get in, uh, you know, in tune with the game and it even got me watching pro ball again and stuff. So I, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it next year. I think the coaching hire is, is, is insane. I think it's as exciting as coach key in a lot of ways. Like mm-hmm. you're seeing a real pro talent coach come in and 
it sounds like the recruiting is insane too, which I don't have a feel for at all. Like I just don't know basketball and I'm not watching the portals and stuff and doing the work that you guys do, you know, to report on it, you know? So like even uh, college football and all that kind of stuff, I, you know, I'm just not going to know the players. Right. Yeah. I mean, I try my, I, I just go to Google and like, <laughs> oh, look at whatever. no, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not taking the time to Google it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I show up on Sundays to get a little news. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing, like, Jujitsu would know more about, but Damon Stoudemire and, like, being a great player. I mean, I think he was yeah. a first-round pick, right? And being at the heights of coaching in the NBA is probably a big deal, right? Right, Jujitsu? It's, 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 a, it's a really big deal. And yeah, it so. also uh, gives – I mean, it's a bit of a recruiting bit. You could just be like, yeah, I, I – coached at this level i have these polls i have which i think weighs a lot more especially at georgia tech with the nil situation that we have that you yeah it kind of matches up with what key was talking about too it's like we've got 70 championships coaching this team you know like yeah. we've got great experience here you know teaching these kids how to play and you know also how to how to be men of georgia tech you know people of georgia tech and you know building an organization that you know, models what we value, right? Like, right. You, you got to be smart and you got to be physical. And, you know, it's a, uh, I'm excited. I'm very excited about next year. I'm in the eight win category, I think, for football. I don't know anything about basketball, but I definitely expect this to be, you know, I'll just go ahead and say above 500. That's what I think. Yeah. That's, that's, that's right now. It's like, right, what I'm looking at is like above 500 with signs of improvement. Especially we get Miles Kelly back. That was that was huge for yeah. the program. It's like yeah. He, what if we I, what I if we get players could... to stick for two or three years too? Right, like and really yeah. build them. That could be very exciting. Like if you get kids that are here, not just to sit the bench and transfer out, or you know what I mean, whatever. You know, look for that next step, but just see us as that final step. That's uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think that's the thing that's just different about basketball. It makes it easier to. To, to turn around is like if we have just two really good players and everyone else isn't on your football team it don't really mean a whole lot as far as winning gotta have more than that but in basketball you have two really really good players um you, you can make something happen so if he can land just two of the right players you know he could probably do well next year you're seeing it in the finals right now with the two teams both have two really good players and the rest is just kind of carved out right yeah yeah I've been enjoying that. I've been, uh, I, uh, I work, I mean, I'm in it, I'm a developer and you know, that, that job is just a worldwide job now. So it's, you know, India, Europe, whatever, but I've got my, the, the, the head of our team and a lot of people are in Colorado. So yeah. they the nuggets fandom has drugged me in. So I've been sticking to the playoffs and really watching the nuggets. It's been I, amazing to watch Joe kick and all the other guys play. Like that's, that's a special team right there. They're, they, they didn't look really good this first quarter. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I've been on just like Thank in the God. background. It's like I'm a, I've been like since I've started paying attention to basketball, I've been watching the Heat for as long as I can remember. Yeah. And so this this just been super exciting for me. Just like is this out of any playoff run I've ever seen? Like even I didn't pay attention during the the Mavericks 2011 finals. So right. It, so seeing a run like this is just incredible. And if for anybody who's not a basketball fan, I would encourage you to watch NBA Finals because oh, it's, the best it's a different ball game. Right it is a different ball game. It's so well, intense. The Nuggets haven't won it, right? 
They've before. never even no, been we're in game finals. two right now. We're oh, this is game. their first appearance. Mm -hmm. Well, yep. I've got a root for them because y'all might not know this. I was born in Colorado. Now, it was on an Army really? base. But I was, uh, that's why I don't sound like I'm from Colorado. Now, HBP says that I sound like a northerner, which I, I don't really know <laughs> where, where he gets that. But, uh, you know, okay. But yeah, I I, I uh, hope they do well. True Seminole in the house. We got a, we got uh, the who's who of uh, ACC commenters in here. True Seminole uh, says. Side note: Did anyone see the European League of Football? Your thoughts? I did not see that at all. Is that a league? <laughs> what is that? No is one on the panel even knows what that is. So I'm gonna guess we don't have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> is it a European football <laughs> league, like American football? True yeah. Well, I did watch. I did watch Manchester United versus Manchester City. Oh, I watch way too much soccer than I would like to admit. Yeah. But it's, it's a. I love it. <laughs> um, soccer is pretty cool to me. I I love the intensity of it. The thing that got me into it uh, initially, though, was that great women's soccer team. They didn't even win the first year I saw them. You know, it was back in 2010, I guess. Uh, but they played their hearts out and like. The women don't kid around like they don't ever do that. Oh, my shin crap. You know what I mean? They're, they're literally pulling hair, punching each other's stomach. And there's no, there's no yellow cards flying on that crap. They're just like, fuck you, bitch. I'm in. <laughs> no, but in what I've noticed is like the guys who will fall are usually from Brazil. That's just embellishing. It's like I watched. Well, it's like I watched a ton of Premier League this year. And it's like out of any of the guys who fall down the most and try to sell the injury, like they all fall down. It's like it, it is painful and usually they'll get right back up. Yeah. But and you have to watch closely. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's it's a it's a very subtle angle turn or something. You like exactly. sometimes it's legit. You know, it doesn't look right until you see the re the replays and stuff. I don't think I think <coughs> soccer being a referee in soccer is incredibly tough. Like, they only have they, they have catch the, everything, you know. They only have they have the one in the middle, the two assistants, the fourth. I don't like he just does subs pretty much. Yeah, and the the VAR, which I have a whole hate. For Considering VAR, how they're like, staffed and what they have to do, like I think I think they're really, I think they do a really top notch job. Which now that I think of it, I do think I have heard of that European football league referencing. <laughs> Because there was, uh, which never actually seen it, because I'd, I'd love to know if you can actually stream that somewhere. Um, but I, I had a few uh, a few guys I played with went over and played in Europe for different small clubs. And to my understanding, the European League is like the super league of, you know, they got a few teams from Britain and Germany and Spain and, uh, you know, the different countries that have their own domestic league. And they've combined them or they've uh, turned them into like a, a champions league for european uh north american football which if you can if you can watch that i would love to watch it but outside of reading about plus it, we gotta stay up late or get up early you know that's right everyone if you didn't i, I have you just on the solo cam now so everyone's just looking at you mojo your beautiful face i'm loving it we've got uh, our man mojo productions joseph gilbert in the house 2009 acc championship uh lineman for our georgia tech yellow jackets and uh looking good i mean mojo the hat collection is uh is impressive Phenomenal! He's done a great job staging his home office. He's he's doing he's doing it right. Oh yeah, this is in the back of all my work calls right here. This is this is my pride. 
which uh, actually I recently got a uh, a nice little throwback Georgia Tech hat. Oh my goodness! Here. Oh, look down. You need to see. Yeah. So this is a throwback to the uh, the 1939 oh, wow. baseball jersey. Yep, big old T. You can tell it's, we've come a long way because it's black. Oh, nice. Line with the with the uh, with the gold, but yeah, no old We're, school eight panel hat. How did yeah, you man. get that? Well, there's a there's a specialty hat store called uh, uh, Ebbets Field, and they make a ton of these very retro like. Uh, uh, this sort of hat, like hats that were worn back in the 19-teens through like the 1940s. And they pay a lot of attention to getting uh, accuracy in what the hats were back then and making them out of the same materials and having the same, you know, kind of different design. You can see most hats are six panel. Oh, man. They, you're... Uh, they were eight panel back in the day. I mean, you're like a, yeah. a a collector connoisseur of hats. Like, I didn't know panel, man. Like, you're getting you're getting in the hat weeds there. I don't know. As soon as you see a display like that, you know this man. Like, you're about knows his hats. Conversation you cannot hang in. He's gonna he's gonna take you down some oh, yeah. deep dark shit. You're gonna be in the alleyways with this man. He's gonna take you. Those brave hats mean something. I see some. What's the what's the red goggles like? He's he's gonna take Where you. Where we looking? He's going to pull you aside of the corner of a party, and that's where you're going to be for two hours straight. <laughs> Which I, I can go on about hats for quite a while. Cause, like, there's so many of them I like that uh, are like that. Like, ring up the Braves. I bought up these. These were the Boston Braves that were worn back in 19. I want to say 19. Oh, they, they're 14, multiplying. 1930. Oh, yeah. We, that was like a magic have, trick. Uh, we have uh, i don't know if you can tell in the camera but we have original or uh, original black and red and this was made up to look like the braves with the navy and red which is glorious and uh got one more which is alternate it's all black how how many hats do you have for me uh off the top i've got about 150 fitted hats and uh some total it's closer to 230 i think total hats that sounds like half the millions of dollars in debt we're in 150. <laughs> trust me yeah I, I spend more than my wife would prefer uh, well just tell these. her look uh i'm the man of the house and we're we're buying hats now don't listen to me <laughs> well, because i'm divorced but there's a yeah. reason for that uh, well no well i just keep telling her you know it's better than shoes you know, I could be spending two, two fifty, $300 for yeah. a pair of shoes yeah. off, off the rack. But hats, I mean, you know, I'm a bargain shopper. So if you really look for it, you can find them for between 25 to 30. Most of these like collector's uh, style hats are going for 50 plus uh, online plus shipping Ooh. and all that. Yeah, well, so it's not what's your go to, but it's a lot more affordable. What What's your, your premium number one hat that you have? Ooh, I'll be honest, man. It rotates. Uh, shoot, different days I can I can pick different ones. Uh, one that I I am really enamored with is uh, and it it it's Alabama. I got that. Uh, oh, that's fine. My father was a big Alabama fan, and he had one of these from back in the day—a white panel with the uh, the uh, Big Al stepping through the A. And ooh, that is just a glorious, glorious logo. 
Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yep, so that's one of my favorites. But man, I got a, I got a ton. I love, uh, I am, I love the uh, World Baseball Classic that came through last year. So I bought <coughs> Japan for obvious reasons and uh, grabbed up a few more: the Venezuela, Australia, and believe it or not, France. It was a very there's Venezuela, which is very clean. Australia, one of the more unique hats that they brought up. Whoop, there we go. And I mean, I, I thought it was a little basic when I saw it online, but France, just a clean, nice cursive F cut. The uh, yeah, hats that, from uh, around the, the world. On the side. Oh yeah. Do you have the bicycle oh, yeah. hat that Wesley Snipes wears and white men can't jump to? <laughs> like you got hey, everything. That's my white whale. Right there. <laughs> I got. <laughs> Which, uh, by the way, guys, I didn't know this because I was like trying to date this Brazilian girl way back in the day, and I tried to speak Spanish to her, and uh, oh. they don't speak Spanish in Brazil. Uh, evidently, they speak something called Portuguese, and uh, <laughs> that didn't work out well for me. <laughs> I mean, that's an A for effort, in my opinion. Yeah, you, I mean, I thought you, so. You tried. <laughs> Uh, she she did not give me an A for effort. She gave me an about face and uh, gone. Oh, no. <laughs> That's uh, okay. But, yeah. Well, Mojo, yeah, do you hey. think you had friends that, go, that went and played overseas? They played soccer or they played American football? Oh, American football. Uh, oh, rich. yeah? Man, I yeah, missed miss the European League so much. I hate the NFL canceled that. Oh, yeah, the NFL Europe, which – yeah that would have been sweet yeah I, I honestly i think europe that. loved that league too like those stands were always full mm-hmm. europe just but loves their sports yeah. they do well, they do Especially and now germany and northern europe and uh yeah England, they're crazy about football over there yeah i forgot who the atlanta league was but their their team was in is in germany i thought and that that stadium just looked like it was rocking all the time like i hate it i hate i hate that it got shut down I think I think having USFL back and having uh, XFL has given so many players some time that they need to to finish their playing careers or get them started. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's I think it's such a good thing to have the tiered system. I wish it was as deep as it was for baseball. You know, or soccer. Oh, yeah. Well, I completely agree. Because outside of the NFL, you can you can make a decent living in Canada playing Canadian football. But when true, I say a decent true. living. You know, you're making between sixty to eighty on the, the yeah. average guy. If you're a if you're a star, you're making over a hundred. But you're not somebody's couch, though, you're still living yeah. the dream and, and entertaining people, and that's you know that's totally fulfilling. Like I think it's a great thing. You don't have Absolutely. A seven eight figure contract to to make an impact and you know do what you love and all that stuff. Like. Yeah. Yeah, and well, like you're saying, like, and guys can also do make that sort of money in the USFL and the XFL and those sorts of leagues, which is great because yeah. the the European leagues that my friends went to play in, they are basically they went over as player coaches, and oh. you know, it was great for the experience. I heard universally it was great for the experience, but it is not something where you can build a career and and set aside money for your future. You're you know mostly covering room and board and you get a little stipend to go out on the weekends. But uh, outside of Canada, you didn't have the option of playing somewhere where you could make a livable wage before now, the USFL. So yeah, I'm all for that. That's a good, a good point, Mojo. Have you ever considered coaching? I, I thought about it, but honestly, the, the commitment that goes into it for coaching and 
really of the friends I've had that have gone into it, I haven't known a guy that stayed in one place more than two to three years. Like, yeah. you know, I've, I've had buddies that traveled all around, you know, went to Kansas, went to <clears throat> Texas, went to Oklahoma, went to South Georgia. And it's, I see the appeal of it. You know, you're coaching ball and it, it's fun that way, but it's real hard to, to set down roots and really build a family. Right. And, yeah. And that's what really, kept me away from it so at this point i, I might be a peewee coach whenever uh <laughs> no i don't blame you <laughs> yeah, i mean I, when i think of being a high school coach like that obviously the head coach uh, makes a, a decent amount of money and there's perks at, at the right high school at the right high if you're at a park view or something but the you know those are hard to come by but if you're just like the linebackers coach in high school what you get maybe a two thousand dollar a year stipend and you're probably putting in 80 90 hours a week in season uh, yeah, it'd probably be pretty rough. No, yeah. And I've heard a lot of frustrations about that. Like, you know, and especially if you go to a school that's not necessarily a football factory, you're dealing with kids that they don't, you know, they don't feel the need to put in effort at some points. And, you know, you have to count. Well, well my one buddy that, uh, that coached up in, up in Lindale for a while said that was a major issue. Like, especially when COVID hit, you know, players would, uh, just not practice or, and, you know, not throwing shade for, for, you know, COVID concerns, but there's a lot of uh, politicking that goes into it that really makes the job a lot more stressful than it, than it should be. Right. Well, what do you think about the upcoming exactly. season, Mojo? I know we, we, we kind of talk about it every week, but um, uh, like 441 was talking about the wide receivers coach, uh, Josh Crawford. What, what do you think? which I wish I could weigh in on the, uh, on the wide receivers talk. Cause, but sadly I, I know about about as much about the wide receiver coaching as I do about rocket surgery. So I, I can't be much help there, right. but I do know he has a good connection in state being uh, being a high school coach here for a while. Uh, I'm feeling optimistic. I mean, I, I feel good. I think six wins is six wins is pretty much a lock in my mind. I, yeah. I feel like, yeah, we, we, we should have four wins just out of the gate and winning two toss-up battles against, you know, a, a UNC or a – shoot, I think – I'm trying to think. Poor UNC. Boston College. Yeah. Like, it's – we are due to start winning those toss-up games. And uh, I think with – or not with Collins, with, uh, with Key – uh, we have we have the best shot that we've had in a long time, and a lot of it's going. We're gonna we're gonna be able to tell a lot from Louisville, uh, game one, because I want to see the the biggest things I'm looking for out of that game. You know, I want to win, but the the big things are one. I want to see a team that is well coached, meaning there are not a whole lot of procedural penalties. The special teams looks like they have they know what's going on. I want yeah. special teamers. That you know, you know, I, I don't want to see a whole bunch of blocks. I don't want to see a whole bunch of mouth or uh, of misfires. Muffed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't want to see any of that. I want to see a crisp product. And you know, if 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 the winds blow against us and Louisville happens to come out on top, you know, maybe Louis, Louisville's got a good team. That's that's not going to upset me. But what I really need to see is, yeah, I want to see a team that looks well coached and even if they aren't firing on all cylinders quite yet i want to see a base that has been laying to build upon 
Like I want to, I want to see that this team is going to be progressively better as the season goes on. Whereas in past years, we've set the bar low and we've, you know, gone downward. I, that's the big change yeah. I want to see. What do you want to see out of the <laughs> offensive line? Because I know you know a thing or two about the <laughs> offensive line. <laughs> well, this year I'm expecting very big things because uh, for the first time in a long time, we are no longer reliant on a plug-and-play uh, transfer coming in. We do have Scaglione coming in from Princeton, who, who sounds like he's going to be a great benefit. But we aren't depending on him coming in to be a day one starter, which is great. We've got a good two deep. And what I want to see is good communication. And I want, I want to see an offensive line that looks like they've been playing together, which yeah. they should be. It's been the same guys from last year. We've had, you know, we had two big losses in Pierce Quick and uh, Paul Vipulu. Yep. But, yeah, but for the first time in a long time, we had people backing them up that – that are ready to go. I'm, I want to see. I want to see Paul Ticcio take a step because he, he he showed flashes last year, but wasn't a, wasn't a game in game out contributor. So I want to see him step up. I'm I'm really curious to see if uh, uh, my boy he was a uh, he was a walk on. I believe he's on scholarship now. Uh, mobile, agile, fusile. Oh, that's boy, it. Yeah. That's he missed dude, a few right? games was, last year. Cool. I think he had a death in the family or something. Some heavy mm-hmm. stuff happened. But, oh, yeah, I would love to see Fusel come up and start kicking people's ass like we're supposed to at Georgia Tech. <laughs> Damn straight. He, how did he do in the walk-on awards? I know he was nominated. I don't know how that ended up. You know, I don't know. I, it's, I, a, it's a lot of people. They nominated like 80 people across the NCAA. So, it's like, yeah, you – Slim chances you win that, but I was like, hell yeah, this is fantastic. But yeah, he was he was a guy I, I watched all season. Look for his number. Yep. Totally pumped he's still with us. I totally pumped he's got a scholarship. That's fantastic. Yeah, which I, I believe he I believe they gave him one uh, after last year. But and I can't I, I wish I could remember the newspaper that wrote it. But there is uh, an article write up about him coming out of high school from I think he's down around Savannah somewhere in South Georgia. Yeah, and it talked about him. Uh, I think he was a, a high school wrestling champion his junior year, and he decided to abstain from his senior year so he could focus on getting ready for football. And he talked about having offers from different different uh, uh, schools around, but he chose to uh, to be a preferred walk on at Georgia Tech because he values the education we have at Georgia Tech. Yeah, that yeah. tells me That's our bread and butter right there. That's what we want. Exactly, and there's the the most. In- important trait an offensive lineman can have is being about his business you want somebody that's going to come in and have a goal and work attack the attack playing offensive line the same way that you'd attack working at a job the same way that you attack being in construction you know you have to come in know what you want to accomplish find guys that are going to be that are going to help you get to that end goal and get working and that's it, it, it really sounds like he is a prototype of what that guy is. Yeah, Look, I don't know if you watched their Georgia Tech the, uh, YouTube channel, but they do the post-game, post-practice, all kinds of interviews. And he was in there, and he, he told that story. Uh, it was great to hear it from his mouth. And he's he's a total, like, personal guy. Like, if you – you know, if we're contributing for interviews, that would be a pretty cool interview for you to get next year, I think. If that's something you – are attracted to Joe Fusel. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I can reach out to the lady. I mean, I've voiced that I'm a little frustrated with that, but um, I, I need to reach back out to that person that is in charge. Oh, did you not like the experience overall? I mean, that's fine, too. No, like I did. I, I did. I just, um, as far as some logistics behind it, I was not super thrilled. But I'll just say it this way. I wasn't thrilled with how unorganized it felt. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely gotcha. reach out. Um, now, speaking of that, I'm glad you brought up academics, you know, because I know that most most people don't care about that. <clears throat> you see that the, the AAU – is it AAU? I think it is. Um like the who's who of academic research institutions tech's been a member since 2001 let six teams in miami notre dame university of south florida and uh three other schools and it's all to do with jockeying for position in the big 10 so you can't tell me there wasn't some pressure from athletic um you know, association of like hey we need to get miami in the in this thing so that we can set up for the big 10 and uh, I don't know. It just seems like uh, if it's a purely academic thing, it shouldn't be pressured from the football end. That's not the point of it. Yep. Completely agree with that. Now, I was wondering if Miami was AAU already. I couldn't remember. If they, they just were. got it. And I don't know much about their academics, but um, I, I, maybe they do deserve that. And, and, but I was thinking like university of South Florida, like, is that some academic juggernaut of a school? I don't know. Yeah, uh, I hadn't heard about South Florida. Central Florida was more than you think it is. That's for sure. Really? Academically. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> well, South Florida just, uh, they, they're going to build a new stadium evidently like 328, uh, million. I mean, honestly, I didn't know there was a South Florida. <laughs> yeah, USF. That's Bulls. where we got uh, Jackson Long from, the tight end that dropped the first pass in the in the uh, spring game. That <laughs> oh my God, in. we are going to be talking about tight ends this year. That's oh, really mercy. Yeah, I should have. I, I said during the tier <laughs> list we did, I should have put tight ends on our tier list. We would have put them with Collins. Uh, yeah, Mojo. Mojo, where are you at? You didn't have tight ends on your list catching balls, you know? Come on. Uh, oh, Mojo didn't make the list. That's uh, 100%. No, 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 but me. he was right louder than off everything he wanted to see, which I thought was a fantastic list. It's definitely what you want to see. Oh, yeah. I mean, which, I mean I'd love to see some tight ends. I mean, I'm, I'm <laughs> waiting for a, for one of these tight ends that we bring in as a recruit or as a transfer to really break through because, I mean, it seems like every year we'll bring in someone new. I, I think it was, It's such uh, a game changer, too, having one of those big dudes – catch the mm -hmm. ball in space and run down a defensive back, you know, just, just let them have it, you know? Well, maybe Brett Seether. It's a good thing to see. Brett Seether might, I think, could step up this year, a kid from UGA. Um, I mean, one of them needs to step up. I don't, I don't know. Um, well, that's why I was really, I mean, I'm, I'm fine with the way it ended up putting EJ out at wide receiver. Uh, but I, I believe it was EJ Jenkins, the six yeah. foot seven fellow yeah. we had. That seems like a no-brainer. You know, put him Why? in the tight end. You know, you don't necessarily have to have him put his hand in the ground, but line him up on it as a tight end and match him up against a, a, a linebacker that's not going to be able to match his speed and probably isn't going to be any anywhere close to uh, defending a pass like a DB or a safety would. 
I just it seemed like a no-brainer, but it was that being said. Why? Yeah. Why was he not a tight end? I would understand if we had Bowers or something at tight end playing for us, but we did, we had nobody. It's the worst position group at Tech consistently since we've brought tight ends back, you know? And, uh, yeah, it just seemed like we 100% mishandled him. Yeah, he's like 7 foot 11. And uh, why would you not? Um, I mean, he could have probably played basketball. He was so tall. I just we we did a ton of mismanaging uh, under Collins. Collins would be a great like fight promoter, like for boxing. I think that would be <laughs> for sure. a good thing for Agreed. him. Like he could get with like Don King or something. But um, speaking of Bowers, I hate that dude so much. He gives me a reason to watch UGA football, and it pisses me off. I was like, "He's so oh, UGA's good." On. Go see what Bauer's doing. I oh, mean, watching when he took over that uh, playoff game as a freshman, and you were just like, "Oh dear God!" <laughs> I was like, "We're yeah. we are onto something here." This where dude's where would you if we had the draft today? Where would Bowers get drafted? Would he be like a top fifteen pick as a today? Tight end? Oh, top I think that's where he's projected easily. to go. You oh, think he's seen this? there already? Look he's at us, Judician. Three rounds. I got you. Uh, Thank you, sir. Like, he is so good. Highly rated, but... Um, yeah, he's ranked... He's projected to go fifth. <laughs> As a tight... Uh, when when was the last time a tight end went in the top five in the draft? I'm, Kyle, uh, I was just Kyle Pitts, but I think he was later. No, Kyle Pitts was like yeah. four. Yeah, you're yeah. right. It was Kyle Pitts. Yep. Tight ends sneak up there because they're special. You know, the, they've got the build, they've got a special build, special athletic traits, and they've they've got skill, right? So they usually go pretty high when they've got, you know. Well, they're like hybrid <laughs> players now. Like it used yeah. to be, tight well, ends didn't too, catch passes. The NFL is very tolerant of tight ends that can't block. But you know, when you got the tight end that can block, I mean, Jesus. You're in trouble. Yeah, Caleb we haven't had others either. Caleb Williams, Drake May, Marvin Harrison, and Jared Verse. Drake May's uh, – how did we beat a team with Drake May quarterback in it last year? Like, Drake May is also a stupid good talent. Because um, Josh Downs dr- dropped a pass. That's that's pretty much it. I don't feel – I man, I who is my most hated ACC team? It's got to be North Carolina. Oh. It's got to be North Carolina. Like, I yeah. – Friggin' well, they, because yeah. they cheated and got away. Like they, they deserve the SMU death penalty for oh, what they did. Yeah, yeah you're more in tune with that than I am. I hate Clemson. Period. I thought we should have won that game last year. They, they had no offense and they weren't swapping out. And Collins, you know, was just oof. take Colin timeouts to, to no run the clock out. To me, I feel like physically we match up with them, no problem. Like, we're, we're I don't tough. know about that. <laughs> Uh, maybe with Brent we can get there, but physicality wasn't a wasn't a strong suit under Collins' coach teams. I, I that was my feel. Of, remember when? Um, remember when we Collins had us work out like with weights before the Clemson game that one year? That was I mean, he's here. Yep. He's 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 a he's a fantastic coach for making you look like an asshole. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, running a the a 5K before a 5K or something. Like, <laughs> why? Yeah, let's 
Let's go exhaust ourselves before we exhaust ourselves. Boys. Well, I think he thought it was going to intimidate them. Do your cardio before you do your weights. I think he thought it would intimidate them, and we weren't intimidating Clemson. <laughs> I can tell you that. No, not in the weight room, right? Well, not period. Yeah, yeah that was like I never did under. I guess it was to you know get a pump in to try to get the blood going and, and get the testosterone up, but. Yeah, I'll, that, that's one thing that I never understood. It's one of his all-time dumbest stunts. That's well, Mojo, sure. that's what you ought to do. That's Mo- a video idea. Go back and do a top ten dumb Collins stunts. Do that. Oh my God! Like, well, how many that times? How many times did we call a timeout to get the right play <laughs> in, and then take delays of games? I know it happened multiple times one season, so that would all those are going to be on there. Um, There's too many. Brent Samaglia is going to be another all-time dumb one uh, because he got – I mean, I mean, Mojo, if if when you were playing for Tech, if a kicker got a personal foul, what would Paul Johnson have done? Uh, it's the same thing he always does. He could, he'll, he'd chew a player out, which <laughs> – I don't think he'd be yeah. kicking anymore, but uh, especially with how bad our kickers yeah. were. Uh, then Collins takes over. Now I can't remember the name of the who's who's the kicker that was money for us once Brent put him in, like he missed one Gavin field. Stewart. Gavin Stewart. Oh yeah, we got Stewart. Gavin Stewart. Brian Stewart's brother <laughs> misses maybe one field goal out of like fifteen or something, and he was riding the bench yeah. for some. Yeah, we were having a tough time getting in position for field goals and extra points and stuff too. So we couldn't kick an good. extra point. We couldn't kick yeah. an extra point for a while. We were getting them blocked or stuck our thumbs up our asses and just looked around yeah. when it was time. Tough like, to build a know. resume as last year as a kicker, I think, and he, he did a good job. Oh, Vic wants to, Vic Tube wants to know how a kicker gets a personal foul. You start talking trash or saying horrible things <laughs> after you miss a field goal. That's how you, you get a personal. You start foul. classing up the joint. Yeah, that's what you do. <laughs> Sorry, Mojo. What were you gonna say? Yeah. I was just going to say, Samaglia, the way he worked out is a very, it's a big indicator for how things were just not right under Collins. Because Samaglia, when he came in, he was an all ace or an all SEC kicker. He was all conference at Tennessee. And I was like, all right, this is going to be the savior. All We're going to get over this two years of awful kickers we've had. Or maybe it was just one year at that point. And yeah, I mean, and in fairness, Samaglia was better than the year before, but it w- it was not an all-conference performance. And it was just nuts to see how this kid can excel and be at the top of, of the SEC and he comes to Tech and under under the coaches at Tech just devolves into a, a, a below-average kicker. And that's something that I never I Way never really below understood. average. That, yeah. I mean, how many players did Collins do that to? Because I know a lot – I don't know what your opinion is, T-Branch or Judician, but I do think Jeff Sims is is a good quarterback, and I think a big reason – I improved last year, you know, before he got injured, I saw a lot of improvement in him taking the open passes, and I thought his reads were better. I, I thought he was moving the ball better, and I thought he it was actually having fun being yeah. the Yellow Jacket for the first time, you know, because they were moving the ball. Like, I, I think he is good, too. I think he's going to do well in Nebraska. Like, he's got to do better. But he was like, never no going to be good under Collins. And that's if you watch. No way. What? 
I mean, no way he was going to be good under Collins. No way. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, and, like, on my review, the comments video or whatever, that's what that one guy was so bad at me about was saying that Jeff Sims was a decent quarterback. He called me a kid. That's how he started his comment off. I can't believe you hey, ever yeah. played any sport, kid. Let me tell you something, sir. Uh, I'm not the smallest guy ever. I know no one on panel has uh, seen me before, but I'm about 6'2 of will whoop your ass uh, if you come at me with that again. <laughs> now, I am kind of fat. I'm about two. I, I'm, I'm losing weight. Okay, I'm losing weight. I've lost seven pounds. I'm down to 260. Hey, down to 260. Um, and my goal is to get on steroids and look like The Rock by uh, the end of the year. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Judician, do you know where I could find like anabolic steroids? Uh, I might know a guy. So Okay. <laughs> this is where I wanted this to go. Thank you. Yeah. Perfect. You back, 441? Uh, yeah, sorry about that. I don't know what was going on there. The technical. Well, luckily we have T Branch on, who's the technical expert. I could have like, uh, he he could have helped you. I uh, play dumb. These uh, I'm too smart for that shit. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Back to y'all's comments about, I guess the lack of coaching capability for Collins. It's so interesting because he's almost like I said before. He's the human embodiment of the Peter Principle, where like he rose just above his level of competence and then like spectacularly failed. But he actually did like to give him credit. He seems to be a pretty good talent evaluator. Like he was able to get talented guys in and couldn't do anything with them. And then they'd transfer out to other places and contribute really well for other schools. Yeah. I, I, this is probably the worst analogy ever. Cause none of you guys probably watched wrestling like I did when I was a kid, but, uh, there was a guy named Disco Inferno that got into booking. And as long as he was fun, as long as you had like Vince McMahon filtering the 99 dumb ideas that he had out of a hundred and taking the one good one. He said he wanted to make a wrestler called Bill Ding, the evil architect. And that's kind of what Collins is. <laughs> Bill Ding, the evil architect of Georgia tech failures. Uh, which I do remember. Well, I'm curious. From back in the day. Oh, you w watched w WCW. WCW, baby. Yeah. Now, Bill Goldberg <laughs> did play at UGA, but um, he was he was the dude in the day. Oh, yeah, he was fun to watch. Now, he, now he did go full UGA and tried to um, break a limo window with his bare hand that wasn't gimmicked and severed like a tendon in his hand and was out for like. <laughs> it's like, yeah, dude, you can't punch a car window like that's dumb don't do that mike doug how are you sir yeah i'm doing well buddy so uh last week we had calvin johnson as our most s level uh player coach oh yeah mike is serious about the tier list yeah so i i gotta think here man i mean love calvin johnson great player where's john heisman is he before calvin johnson or after well, I don't know that you can compare a player to a coach in that way. Now, what I thought you were about to say is Calvin didn't belong in the S tier, and I would have booted you out of the stream yard oh, immediately. Hell no. he, he lost it, but... 
Yeah, John Heisman is top S tier. I mean, he's there's no one that can be above John Heisman, to your point, because the freaking Heisman Trophy's named after him. The best college football player, offensive college football player, I'll say. Um, 222 to nothing. But I mean, if you're going to talk about S tier and maybe only put one one person in the S tier, it's Heisman. Yeah, he's he, first in. He, can, he made history. Not to say Calvin didn't, but, you know, he's, you know. Well, he literally changed the game. He was, in, he was instrumental in uh, legalizing <laughs> the forward pass. Now that's yeah. that. <laughs> for 30 minutes, that'll be great. Yeah, I tell you that this would be a good idea, guys. I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. We should make a bracket for this of like maybe people getting into tears. Basically, the community could vote on. I could do some community post, and uh, w- people could vote on like what tier they go in, and then I could I'm do, down with that. I could do a video oh, yeah, that'd be reveal. reveal. You guys for, Let me um, Joe Hamilton and uh, uh, to start choice. Ah! Like, those are two guys okay. I loved. Sorry. Don't get enough. I've got my uh, my notes, my notes out here. Community. Yeah, we. I think we left Pat Swillen off that list too. Yeah. He w- now, if you. you watched uh, before the show started, I did. He was in my role of uh, players. Uh, I did have Pat Swillen. Was he ninety nine at Tech? Right. Let's see. Uh, sometime in the nineties, I believe. No, I think his number was ninety nine, wasn't it? Oh, oh ninety nine. Yeah, I think he was part of that 90s uh, championship season. Pat, now, Pat Swilling, you want to talk about someone that could bring the wood to somebody? <laughs> Pat Swilling could knock. <laughs> Pat Swilling hit you so hard, you'd think you were playing for the other team. Or you, you'd think you, you wouldn't know what team you're playing on. All right, community post vote. And then yep. I, I do this. All right, it's a done, it's a done deal. Done deal. Oh, also, if you're not part of the Discord, join the Discord. There's a video um, suggestion channel. Let's see. Yeah, we have a good time in there for sure. That's Discord's a nice way to stay in touch. Yeah, all throughout Discord. Yeah, we, people we were saying top five. Tech golf. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nine million dollars we spent. <laughs> Do a video. So Reggie Ball was good, which is a great name. Uh, do a video on the year 2008 just trying to feel something again. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good year. Oh, uh, yeah. I hate to run, fellas, but I'm going to have to jump off. Y'all have a great one. Go Jackets. All right. See, see, you, you, see you, man. See ya. So, uh, right, Todd, did you get that video I sent you in the email this week? Um, I did. I did. I haven't uh, looked at it, though, and you're kind of putting me on the spot, but I, I, I well, promise I comments, will. The comments in there said this was the demise of the Miami the Miami champ, uh, Miami runs. <laughs> oh, you mean like with them going 150 and 0 every year in the preseason? Yeah, this this was uh, like the downfall of the Miami of the Miami football team. Oh, what's the downfall? Time- Hmm? What's the downfall of Miami? When Georgia Tech beat them, when uh, Miami was number three in the country. Oh yeah, is that is that under Reggie Ball? Is that the year we went down there? Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Ball and Calvin Johnson. Oh yeah, that's for people knew about Calvin Johnson. 
And that's exactly right. It, it, I watched that game again just because I didn't have much to do this week. And that was one of the things I said, if you haven't heard of Calvin Johnson, you need to really watch this player. <laughs> oh, Nick Nader asked the Discord link, question mark? Uh, yeah, it's in the description of the video. And what I've learned doing YouTube is that no one looks at the description of your videos. But everything you want to know about the <laughs> channel, joining Discord, donating, whatever, is in the Discord uh, link. And uh, by the way, Jujitsu, why don't you drop your channel link in the chat? People can sub okay. you up. and I will, I will do that. They won't sound like an idiot about Georgia Tech basketball like I do <laughs> if they watch your channel. Just waiting. I'm so excited for the season to start. I I got my tickets. Um I'm ready. Oh, you bought uh, basketball season tickets. My my family has had them since um, what's it called? Since uh, uh, McCamish Pavilion became a thing. Yeah. Uh, so we, my dad, started going. We've moved closer and closer down, but he doesn't really go anymore because he's out of town all the time. So I just use them and go with one of my friends that I ended up that we'll be doing going like a recap like a recap show of of the week of tech basketball that's going to be a plan once the season starts oh but. yeah we got to watch that um, by the way if you didn't know uh we're still paying off both uh the mccamish pavilion build and the 1995 and i'm assuming that's from the north end zone that we built uh to bring the capacity to 55,000. we're still paying off debt from 1995. um but yeah, so you know what, Jujitian would be cool that I would watch is if you did a tier list of Georgia Tech basketball greats and mm. not so greats. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get with my my dad on that one because like pre like pre 2000, I'm a little little iffy on my knowledge, but yeah, but well, don't I mean yeah. don't let that deter you like uh, that. No, yeah, yeah. I uh, uh, I just gotta do a little research. That's all. Yeah, which is something I didn't do. So be be better, <laughs> be better than me. Like I, I tried to do because like there was a quiz that I found on a, a website that was just like the stat leaders of like every tech team from two thousand. I tried to do that and I did way better than I thought I was going to do. But I think nice. you could probably just go with Mark Price and Stephon Marbury and be done. I don't know how many other guys would make it on the list. Yeah, yeah. wasn't Mark Price like in in the late eighties? Yeah, because he was with the Cavs in the the nineties. Yeah, so you have to go all the way back to the eighties with Bobby Crimmins. Yeah. yeah, I just guess Chris Bosh for everything. <laughs> that's all. That's all I do. <laughs> Chris Bosh or Jarrett Jack. It's a good I, guess. I did watch. Like I was watching when they made the finals appearance against Connecticut. What was that? Two thousand four. Uh, yeah. So I guess I was fourteen. Um, that was fun because. I don't think we were expected to. I mean, what were we like an eleven seed that year? I, you know, I'm actually curious. No, yeah, what were we seeded when we made the finals? So, some in the chat, give a guess. What was Georgia Tech seeded when they made the finals 2004 in basketball? No cheating. No, I want this. We oh, they're going to cheat. They're 100 percent going to cheat. But, um. Outside of football, Bobby Jones has to be top tier golf. Yeah, if you design the Masters uh, and you hit a Grand Slam in golf, then yeah, you're 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 top you're top S tier. Oh, I actually don't know if anybody will guess what number C we were. I said eleven, so obviously that's wrong. Yes, it is wrong. We got other guesses from in here. Sorry, I got the exact number. Mike well, Doug. I want to say nine. Nine and twelve. We were a three seed. <laughs> 
Oh, so we were wow. expected to be pretty mm-hmm. dang good. Did we win the yeah. ACC? We didn't win the ACC that year, though. I don't think so. Um, I think we might have won it. Did we? I, I can't remember. You know, that's been a long time ago, but I seem to remember some buzz about Georgia Tech during the ACC turn- tournament. Uh, Maryland won it that year. Okay. okay. We we finished second the next year at losing to, to J.J. Redick. But J.J. Redick. Yeah. Did he ever miss a three-point his entire time at Duke? Well, only one or two, but <laughs> he fits the profile of, of Duke villain, so it, throughout history. Peter Osborne Jr. said they lost to UGA that year. Yeah, what did UGA do that year? Did UGA even make the tournament that year? I'm looking. I don't. I don't. I don't see it. So I can't. Yeah, looking, looking, not there. It's not, not there. there. Pittsburgh was a three seed that year. Oh, UNC was a six seed. Man, that's we, when Pittsburgh was still in the Big East, right? Yeah, that's that's when the Big East before like had, before it's like not rebranding, but like it's down years and then to go back up. Yeah. Back to your comment, Rec talk about the Bobby Jones Grand Slam. It was they was named a Grand Slam for Bobby Jones actually winning the four tournaments. It didn't. It wasn't called that before he did it. Yeah, I mean the closest anyone's ever come is Tiger, and most people will say he did win a Grand Slam. I th- he won four tournaments in a row. They just weren't in the same year. But if you know anything about golf, like first of all, most golfers won't win one major, let alone four. Uh, in a row, and also Bobby. So Bobby Jaw did go to Tech. He, I think he got a, a degree in mechanical engineering. Then he went to like Harvard, and then he went to law, and then he went to Emory for like literature. Like he just went to every elite institution and got a degree. Uh, dude was something else. Collected degrees like Infinity Stones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, if you haven't seen a movie called The Legend of uh, Bagger Vance, uh, now it's got Will Smith in it. Uh, so I don't know how popular he is these days, but uh, it, it's about us, uh, the Savannah fictional character playing Bobby Jones and Hogan, and um, it's it's a really good movie. Don't watch That's it with like, anyone you oh, don't want to see cry. One thing, we need to start the free Will Smith ball rolling. Like we need to get that going downhill. He needs to get out of that marriage in a heart in a you know. Well, I, I will tell you this: like I'm obviously I'm divorced. I'm not an expert in relationships or marriage but when your wife is having sex with other men that's not a great look not a great dynamic. oh yeah she, <laughs> she just seems like toxic black hole i uh, guess i shouldn't hold but you know i'm just, I'm just no, trying to she, think if she's a little aggressive ape she's she seems like you know the classic duke villain let's yeah we'll tie it back in after all <laughs> well she, first she seems like the classic duke villain First of all, the joke that Chris Rock made was not was pretty mild. Um, I don't think oh, he yeah. knows about it her condition. Complete bullshit. Like it, he should have been escorted out of that. Now, have so, you seen this? That Will Smith did say, like you know, Chris Rock. He couldn't have asked for like like he just paid money basically because he did a whole stand up tour surrounding that. So like it helped 
his comedy career. Oh, it, had to go crazy, yeah. Now, he didn't need helping, but uh, then Will Smith came out and said that basically him doing jokes about him was, was similar to, like, physical assault against him. I'm like, really? That's yeah. interesting, because you did physically assault uh, Chris Rock, so... It's just weird, man. Like, whatever. First of all, no one cares about the Academy Awards anyways. Um, so, whatever. Yeah, you want to talk about rigged. That's, yeah, that's that's rigged, for sure. Well, I never, I don't know. Like, I just know a good movie when I see it, and uh, I don't really yeah, care man. if it gets awards. There's, um, Bobby, there's a Bobby Jones movie, too, that's pretty good. Oh, that was just about Bobby bad. Jones? Yeah, it's, it's, um, I forgot who plays it, uh, who played him, but um, I thought it was really good. It was it was informative. You know, oh, I yeah. think he, um, besides being a lawyer, didn't he do something else besides golf and lawyering? Well, I just know he had a degree in literature and law. I think he practiced law is what he ended up. He, he, he um, had some injury issues and like health issues is why he didn't play longer than he did um but no it'd be interesting i don't know what he primarily <sighs> did afterward dude yeah, Jim, there was something else besides lawyer. that's insane what's that I, jim caviezel plays bobby jones that's I, right i have to watch that, it just to see that is that the guy that played the witcher and superman no, no i think he was jesus right in that uh yeah oh he played, yeah yeah, that's right. Uh, so Jesus is playing Jesus. There you go. <laughs> it was the Mel Gibson one. What was it? The something of Christ. Pa- passion, of Christ passion of the Christ. Yeah, yeah passion of the Christ. Yeah, that's let's right. just step that's into right. some hot button issues yeah. here on hey. the show. <laughs> well, all right. Well, let me ask you this then. Why is Bobby Dodd so famous? Why is Bobby Dodd so famous? Um, I'll be honest with you. I should know more. I know he was a great coach for us. Um, specifically Bobby Dodd stuff. I'm not the most educated on. That's what that's you know. But I'm trying to figure out why he was. I'll I'll tell you. Let's see. Uh, He's from Virginia. Uh, He was an American college football player and coach, baseball coach. Uh, So he coached football and baseball. Serves as a head coach from 45 to 66. His record was 165, 64, and 8. Won two consecutive SEC titles. And uh, let's see. He was AD. Uh, Started at quarterback at Tennessee. There's a guy named TriStar that keeps reminding me of that. That's a Tennessee guy. Goes on Vic streams. Did he win a natty with us? That's that's why I didn't see that on um when I was looking up the information on him. I didn't see that he won a natty, so I'm trying to figure out how he got a stadium named after him. But if he did both baseball and football too, then yeah, he's pretty important part to school. Oh yeah, he won well, the fifty two national title. Five years too, that's the other crazy thing. Like <clears throat> Yeah, and he got us out of the uh, SEC, which these days is not looking great for us, but Well, there you go. Yeah, where would Tech, where would Georgia Tech be if they had stayed in the SEC? It's an interesting question because with our academic requirements, I imagine our academic, all right, like we'd probably have a major tailored toward athletics uh, if we were in the SEC. 
I, I wish, I don't know why or how, maybe it's just part of the curriculum or whatever, you know, like our base curriculum is just so high. Like I don't get how our history program is just as hard as every program. You know what I mean? Everybody's got to take to the same freshman curriculum. Yeah. <clears throat> I kind of yeah. wish we had that program that could allow some kids, you know, a little leeway, you know. Well, and not like necessarily well, an easy major, but not def- an easy major. Yeah, agreed. one that doesn't require calculus. One, because here's what I can I, you've you've heard me say it on the channel before. Like when I was Georgia Tech is a research top notch research school, and teachers there could give less than a crap about teaching you most of them. Now there there's a few. Um, in fact, I'll drop some names. Uh, Linda Wills um, was great. Um, and there was a guy, you're going to laugh. His name was Dr. Doolittle, <laughs> Dr. Andrew Doolittle <laughs> taught, uh, uh, like a solid state electronics course. I think it was EC 3043. Those are the only two I can remember that were like really cared about teaching. Um, I actually had a guy who was in his PhD program that taught linear algebra. Now, I'd already done <laughs> physics when I got there, but, um, he didn't show up to one of his own tests. So, like, it was uh, – it's twofold. You have to take calculus, which for most people is on its face difficult, and you've got teachers that just don't care about football and don't even care about teaching, really. So, I imagine oh, yeah, if, if you're a top – you're a five-star kid, you don't really there are deal some with that. There that have saved a lot of collegiate careers along the way, just helping them get through. Yeah, now there's tons of resources there if you're in an athletic program where they have tutors. and. Man, everything. I wish I had YouTube when I went through. Jesus. The uh, YouTube channels are out there that cover specific <laughs> coursework. Holy crap. Oh, so yeah. Good. That's great. So, By the way, if, if you're a student and struggling, particularly in math, Khan Academy is great. In fact, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking about doing a video because Uncle Lou um, – he don't like that I talk about academics and he's like, do you have an academic channel? So I might do a video on like black hole physics. We'll see just directed completely at him. We can talk about <laughs> this. Boy, it'll be great. You know what I mean? If it's something you love and yeah. I know you're passionate. About well, I just, I feel like most people want to understand the world around them a little better. And like, you don't necessarily need to know the math surrounding it to know like the concepts. Like, black holes are just cool, you know? Well, who wouldn't want to know more about that? Man, I'm a nerd. I still I still follow stuff. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I can, I can I've, missed, I've missed fewer uh, SpaceX launches than I've, I've, wa- uh, than I've watched. That's what <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, a lot of them don't go well. Um, 80%. <laughs> if, if you'd like to know more about uh, the world around you, this series, The Universe, is really good. <laughs> Pick it up. I think it's on Amazon. It's like uh, 60 episodes or something. Everything you'd ever want to know. It's exciting, too, with James Webb, too. Like, man, following that program and how long it took to get launched, and now that they're getting data, man, they're just jizzing themselves. It's, well, there's I so think many things. The, like aer- the, the Aeronautical Engineering Building at Tech is named the James Webb like Space <clears throat> Building or whatever. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, guys, what else do we need to talk about? I kind of had a topic I was going to bring up. I didn't really know if it was 
it's we're going back to football. Uh, it's QB talents. You know, we've got three QBs, two QBs that we we want to try out. I don't think it takes a whole game to evaluate a quarterback. I think it's a quarter or a half tops, and then you're swapping guys out and see who's moving the ball. I don't think it takes that long. And two games is ridiculous, in my opinion. So last year, if there was a flub, I thought that was it. But I also know that there was so much in flux, you know, changing out a lot of pieces would have been even more dangerous, I think, you know. Well, yeah, and I think it, it – I hear where you're com- Go ahead, 441. Oh, I was going to say, I hear where you're coming from on that note that two games might not be necessary. But I could see if you're trying to evaluate – does this kid have the ability to adjust after a half, right? If you have, let's say, a great game plan going into the game and it works out really well, and then that same team comes and makes adjustments, can that quarterback adjust to the adjustments and continue to perform at a high level? And if you're pulling them out after a half or a quarter or something like that, you might not be able to make that evaluation yet. I totally agree. Like if they had a first quarter and then they got to play the third quarter and they had a halftime to get some solid coaching in there and just, Hey, here's two tweaks you need and try this. That I agree. Yeah. And a game, a game, and a great, a game is not a crime. That's for sure. But I don't think it takes it. I don't think you really need the whole game. I think, you know, in that fourth quarter, uh, but I like what you're saying too. Like the halftime halftime is critical, you know, as far as coaching and game planning and adjusting and, you know, Great teams make those adjustments, you know, in the quarter. Good teams make them at halftime. Bad teams can't adjust at all, right? Well, and, all yeah, downs aren't equal and all quarters aren't equal. Like, for instance, just because the guy's stats might not have been the greatest in, the say, the first half doesn't mean he, he played bad. And just because he threw a pick doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that he played bad. I think it all depends on, like, how he looks and, and um, you know, like – Four for one was saying what he's able to adjust to. Can you get us out of a bad play and into a better play? It doesn't even have to be the best play. Get us into a better play. Um, right. And you're not going to know that yeah. until you're in a game. You know, I mean, it's and totally maybe that different. time Gibson had to play, it gave Pyron time to get mentally prepared to play, you know? Yeah. Because he didn't really get a shot for two games, I think. But, you know, those two weeks would be critical for him knowing, hey, if it keeps up, I know I'm going to be in there. His coaches are probably telling him too. It's just like, look, we need to make you know these changes. If Gibson does it, then great. And but otherwise, you're coming in. Yeah. Well, I can see there being a dichotomy there as well because like Gibson is very much like a gunslinger. Where in practice, when you know you're not going to get hit, and you can take an extra second with the ball and make right. a throw, he seems like he'd do that. But then you get in the game all of a sudden and you're statuesque and getting run down and sacked like four or five times a game. You know, yeah. you got, you come out of it being like the first game being like, what the hell happened there? What was that? And then you go to into another week of practice. And then if you know, you're not going to get hit and there's nothing to worry about, all of a sudden you look great again, you know? And then once you see that second game, all of a sudden it's a pattern that's like, okay, there's something going on here where there's a difference between the performance and practice and the performance when the lights come on in the actual game. Yeah. yeah. And how many games did we have? Sims before we had to go to Gibson. I forgot. Was it two games? I think or it was. He. It was the Virginia game. He went down, and I think that was the third game of Key's interim. And uh, yeah, because he won against Duke, and he won against Pittsburgh. And I think Virginia was the third game. 
Yeah. And that's another thing you kind of lay at Colin's feet too, is the lack of preparedness of your second teams. You know? No, I don't think Just you can lay that on at Key's feet. Cause I mean, no. you can't prepare a team. I meant Colin. Oh, Collins. Oh, 100% Collins. Yeah. yeah. Collins, from everything I could tell, is just Jeff's the guy. You guys, um, I don't know what y'all are going to do during practice today, but, you know. Unpracticing, boys. It's, you're still playing football. But they were above the line. They yeah, were well, above the line, so they knew don't they were going to be getting ready. Don't ever bring up that on the show again. <laughs> I'm telling you, you got a killer video. This, this video we're making right okay. here is going to be. I need to write that down. That would be a nice one. I need to write that down. <laughs> um, yeah. I think I, we need to keep them guessing until the first game. Well, for sure. Don't, That's definitely. Yeah, don't happen, say yeah. who the starter is until like the very, to like the very last minute. Yeah, it, it doesn't well, really matter. In one of their press conferences, it doesn't really matter either way because honestly, they're very similar as far <laughs> as their skill set. They're both fleet-footed and can throw you know like they both have they're both kind of dual threat guys Haynes is a little bit faster I think from what I can tell um Haynes is throwing motions oh. a little slower but yeah and we got talk, I wanted to ask you about that you mm-hmm. said that you had done some video uh breakdowns of Haynes King's like throwing motion when he was at a Texas A&M I have a friend from work who was a huge Texas A&M fan, and I asked him what he thought about Haynes King, and he said that he came in with all kinds of hype, and then he got hurt. And mm-hmm. ever since he came back from that injury, like where he broke his leg or something like that, he said ever since he came back from that injury, he's been playing scared. And I was curious if you had seen any video, like pre or post injury, that would validate oh, that or anything like that that you had seen. No, I didn't really consider that. I will say his motion was wonky well the 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 weirder thing is his motion change from high school to texas a&m is completely different which makes me think for some reason jimbo coached him into that i don't know why you'd try and change someone's throwing motion like that but by the elephant in the room i i think that that program is a shit show behind the scenes and we're seeing it we're seeing it you know well, that's a fact. But I think Jimbo is just not, you know, he's not the guy you need at the head of your program, you know? Not anymore, for sure. Well, we'll see with Petrino coming in as OC. Like, I mean, he's a garbage bag human being, but he's a fantastic offensive coach, and he did what pretty I, good at Missouri State. And he did good at uh, Louisville, too. End up being drinking buddies. That's what I want to see. Let's get them out on motorcycles with their side pieces. That's what I want. Yeah, I mean, you definitely – like, I'll tell you, if I was going to have uh, – what what is it in The Sopranos, a Gumar? I don't think I'd be yeah. riding around on a motorcycle. Yeah. We, we'd have to have four <laughs> doors on the vehicle. But uh, uh, It's know. good, fellas. What's, uh, it's Fridays was for the girlfriends, Saturdays for the wives. Yeah. I think that's where <laughs> Petrino got it from. He's like, that is a fantastic idea. <laughs> I think yeah. I'm going to implement that in my life. that <laughs> Um, but no, as far as Haynes King, like his motion looks better. Um, it's a little faster, but it's still like, it's just, it's not fluid. Like, and what I mean, like, if you don't see it, like look at Zach Pyron's motion and look at Haynes King, like Zach Pyron snaps it quick and gets it out of his hand, which is what you want. Well, he seems very deliberate. Like Haynes King, when he throws, 
seems to be very much like going through his mind. Here's what I'm supposed to do where Pyron yes. just seems very natural. Like I see it and I release it. Well, with Haynes King, it's like in his mind, it's like there's three points I have to hit in my motion and he does it in this like quantized way. It's like, all right, one, two, three, throw right. instead of just doing it. It's, it's odd. Yeah. But it, it did yeah. look improved in, in the spring game. I do like uh, that. So though, start. Cause like, I feel like as a project, the upside on him is ridiculous. Like, Oh yeah, if you if you can sort him out. He's gonna he's gonna ball. Well, he was like a high four star. He was like a ninety six, ninety seven four star. Like, yeah. um, he's got a ton of talent. But uh, anyways, well, with God with God's he training him uh, and coaching him, I mean that's that's the only good things that are gonna come out of that. Godsy just did a really great job. Co- Godsy coaching who? Coaching King. No, you're talking about Winky. Oh, not Gazi Winky. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, there's something I didn't know. I think well, that was the other thing. Too, <laughs> how much Winky was allowed to do with his quarterbacks, you know, you could see that in effect, too. Like, he just – he really couldn't oh. intervene on F as a coach. If you can take Zach Gibson from what we saw at Virginia and Miami to what we saw yeah. at North Carolina – you're a hell oh, yeah. of a quarterbacks coach. I can tell you that. Yeah. He's the That's one. Where, he had those guys prepared every week. Well, and, he, and he got them better. That's the thing me and C-Dog talk about is like, that's who we're afraid would get poached off the staff if we're real successful next year would probably be Chris Winkie. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, we're coming up, rolling about 15 um, before 10. Um, probably go ahead and end the show. T-Branch, you have last, any last words for – for the people oh man uh, such a pleasure to call in and like participate i think this is uh it's my favorite live show that's for sure appreciate it man well we love having you t branch 227 everybody uh 441w last words thanks appreciate you doing this appreciate you having me on go jackets yes sir mike doug last words (laughs) go jackets Go Jackets to hell with Georgia. And again, guys, if you are not uh, subscribed to my man, Jujishin, uh go subscribe to him. Jujishin, why don't you – I don't think you did before. I didn't see it. You can drop your uh, channel link in the chat. I can try to. Like, I tried to. It didn't create a link. but. It... Oh, okay. Well, let's fix that. But That is because you're not uh, a moderator. Ah, gotcha. Let me fix that. Where? Let me see where – where are you? Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Like I'm in the chat. I, I have the chat all pulled up, and well, type something into the into the chat so I can see you. There he is. Let's go here. I guess I got to look all the way over here. <laughs> Add as moderator. Boom. Now you can do it. Go ahead and drop your link now. It should let you do it. But yeah, Jujician, uh man, part of the Georgia Tech family, basketball dude. Go ahead and sub him up. How many are you at now? Uh, I'm at 100, I'm 140. Yeah, I did, mean, but not producing a lot recently. But I mean, hey, that's more than I thought I would ever have. So, well, let's get him to 200, guys. Let's get Jujician <laughs> to 200 here. He's doing a lot of great things on the Georgia Tech basketball front. And man, I appreciate you coming on. We were on a while tonight. Thank you so much for having me. 
Yes, sir. Everyone, uh, Jujician, uh, good friend of the channel, fellow content creator. Uh, love to have him. Well, guys, I appreciate everyone for tuning in. Again, if you're not a member, uh, consider being a member. It's $5 a month. Helps the channel. And uh, there's some cool things that come along with that. Um, one of which is I'll let you um, uh, give a video idea. Um, if you don't want to do that, uh, you can uh, donate via PayPal or Cash App, link in the description. And I say that because there are some cool things I would like to do. If you weren't tuned in at the beginning of the show, um, there's some cool things. I've got someone who's going to edit some things for me, and I've got some custom music being made as we speak. I'm expecting to get that back, um, assuming there's no revisions needed, uh, in a week or so. I'm going to have a new intro. Uh, we're gonna a lot of new stuff. There's like eight things on the list that I've given these guys um, that we're gonna do. So um, donating helps. That's uh, that's all I'll say about that. Um, now, one thing that doesn't cost anything is uh, just watching the videos and hitting like on the stream. Also, it helps when you comment on the videos. Um, I think Pete says like I don't care, but YouTube does. The YouTube algorithm is a little funny. <coughs> Excuse me. But with that. Guys, I appreciate it. I appreciate Mojo from coming on, uh, for coming on. Uh, Justin says, great to meet everyone. Super excited for basketball season. Can't come uh, soon enough. Uh, guys, y'all have a great week. And if uh, no one's told you, uh, you guys are awesome.